there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera, and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nicole and I'm here with Brooke Scheller, our functional medicine nutritionist here at Integrative Wellness Group. And uh, we are bringing you some really great information today about antibiotic therapy with Lyme. Um, I know that this is going to be the first line of treatment in the event that we discover that Lyme is playing a role in symptoms, but we actually want to review some of the latest research that is coming out that's really giving more information about how antibiotics are are playing a role and how they're not necessarily always... uh, they're not always necessarily providing the best outcome um, because with Lyme, we're really dealing with a pretty complex type of bacteria. And then we're also dealing with levels of co-infections that can also exist. So this is one of the reasons why we really have to think outside the box when we're dealing with Lyme's disease and really helping to kind of understand the whole picture, the whole person and understanding, is there other layers to this and how can we get this person on the best route of treatment, but also getting them on a treatment that's not necessarily creating those Herx reactions or those negative detox symptoms. Uh, I always say to people, if you're uh, having bad Herx reactions, chances are you're not doing the protocol that is appropriate for your body because everybody is very different and everybody is going to have a hierarchy of needs. So we're going to kind of go through some of the major things to keep in mind when you're dealing with Lyme and you're, you're embarking on treatment and really some of the drawbacks of using solely antibiotic use. Yeah, and I think it's really important bringing up and talking about some of the traditional treatment methods that are used because I think a lot of people kind of mix Lyme with that standard of care being antibiotic therapy. And a lot of times we have clients come in either with a past diagnosis or uncovering through lab testing that they they do have this as part of the problem for them that they'll ask us questions about, well, do I need antibiotics? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that's a pretty common question. And I would say that ranges all the way from children up to adults. Um, and sometimes parents are concerned about that as well. But I think it's really important that we're bringing you this information because we often talk a lot about how those symptoms that are really classic for Lyme, where people are really, really debilitated, those are the types of people that have been on long-term antibiotic therapy because they're not really addressing some of the underlying things that might be coexisting. Exactly. And I always say to people when they come in and we do the proper testing to figure out if Lyme is truly part of the puzzle. So when we are actually doing the one uh, or doing the diagnoses of, of Lyme, those are the people that usually will never go down the road of having those really, really negative, uh, again, detox symptoms or Herx symptoms because we're treating them as the whole person. And unfortunately, when we're dealing with the patients that have come to us with the Lyme diagnosis, they've maybe done two years of antibiotics. I've had one person up to 10 years, they were on antibiotics. And they still don't feel better. Still not feeling great or actually feeling worse. Um, Dealing with those patients, you know, there's usually a lot of, of damage that we have to fix, let alone also still kill the infections. 
So it's really, again, looking at the whole whole picture. So with that being said, you know, one of the things that we wanted to go into to have a little bit more understanding of, of Lyme and how it exists in the body is this conversation about parasites. So when we're dealing with uh, this diagnosis of Lyme's disease, uh, one of the things that can sometimes be missed because unfortunately it is very, very hard to diagnose parasites properly in the US, there's really not uh, any available testing that is really, really good for parasite diagnosis. We have stool samples, but unfortunately 20 minutes after you have a bowel movement, most parasites in your stool will self-destruct. So by the time your sample is reaching the lab, they're pretty much deeming you to be parasite free. Um, in most other countries, they actually take a stool sample and put it under a microscope immediately um, as you have a bowel movement within the office. And then they're pretty much able to give you a diagnosis right there on the spot. And they're not always living in the digestive tract either. Exactly. And that's when they're outside of the digestive tract, they become even more difficult to diagnose properly. But the biggest thing to understand about parasites is they are a very large organism, especially the longer they're in your system, you are their host. They pretty much consume not only your food and your nutrients, but they're also going to be collectors of other infections you get exposed to. So sometimes when people embark on antiparasitic protocols, they have a really rough time with it. And uh, that is because a lot of times as you're killing off these parasites, they're releasing a lot of other infections that they have been holding on to. And Lyme is definitely one of those infections. So if you have been unsuccessful with your treatment of your Lyme, it's really time to start to thinking, or it's time to start thinking outside of the box to see if you possibly do have a parasite issue. And if you've been diagnosed with Borrelia, or I'm sorry, if you've been diagnosed with Bartonella or Babesia, those are parasites. So again, the antibiotics are not going to be the sole treatment for those co-infections as well. Yeah, and I want to talk more about the testing because I know we're talking a little bit about the parasites, but even with the Lyme testing, because I think that's one of the common misconceptions and one of the things that it's really commonly missed because the testing is really difficult to find good testing. So let's talk a little bit more about what we do and how it's a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so I would say one of the hardest things is actually diagnosing the Lyme. And because it is such a unique type of bacteria and it goes through two different forms, it goes from a cyst form into a spirochete form. So the spirochete form is really this corkscrew uh, shape and it corkscrews literally into connective tissue. So it's gonna hide out in connective tissue. It could be your joints. It could be the connective tissue that surrounds your organs. It could be even in the spine. It could be in the discs. It could be even in the cerebral spinal fluid, which is then classified as neurological Lyme, which is gonna be correlated to things like fibromyalgia, which we're gonna actually do another podcast to dive a little bit deeper into that information. But because of this living in the connective tissue, this is what makes it so difficult to diagnose through strict blood work. So one of the things that we do is uh, something that was created by Dr. Ruggiero as well as Dr. Klinghardt. It's called the RK protocol. And by doing this, we actually will mobilize the infections using infrared light and we also use sound wave therapy. So we'll go over the different areas of the body that we find um, have blockages. We find these blockages through our autonomic response testing, which I'll explain a little bit more in detail. And we also do that through thermography. 
So with that being said, if we find certain parts of the body that are blocked, aka they have infections, we will use the infrared light and the sound wave therapy over those areas, mobilize the infections, and then actually collect a urine sample. And that urine sample can be sent out for a DNA test, and we can look at the DNA uh, of the Lyme, the Babesia, the Bartonella, and any of the co-infections. So this is one of the best ways to go about really figuring out if Lyme is in your system outside of the traditional Western blot, which you can get through your LabCorp request. And there's some really great research that they've published on, on this protocol, um, and it shows exactly how they will decipher between the two tests prior to doing this protocol versus after, and how you're gonna get a negative result on that initial test and then a positive result after. So yeah. it's quite interesting. Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is that you need to provoke it coming out of the places that it's hiding. And this is the same story for um, the Igenix test because I know many people have come to me bringing their Igenix test that is negative, and I ask them, did you take any level of provoking agents, AKA, did you take an antibiotic or did you take an antimicrobial or a natural antibacterial um, a couple of days leading up to doing this blood draw? And they say no. And I'm like, well, that is really the best case scenario is for you to take some agents that will kind of make it mad essentially so that it comes out and then you're able to get a more accurate reading even through the blood test. So really the, the key thing to take away is you have to do some level of provoking this type of bacteria to come out of the connective tissue before either doing the blood test or doing the urine test because it's not typically floating around in the blood. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the autonomic response testing because that's really been a big game changer I think in our practice. And not only helping us to determine specific infections, but really where in the body these infections are hiding and how that can even manifest into different symptoms or autoimmune type of conditions as well. Exactly, yeah. So the autonomic response testing is also something that was created by Dr. Klinghardt and I definitely feel very grateful for Dr. Nick uh, within our practice going and, and doing the extensive training to learn this because this has given us some really great in-house tools in order to get clarity on the infections that can be missed in the blood work. But not even just that, it's also if we're finding certain types of viruses in the blood work that are showing up as past infection, then you know you kind of you're taught in school, oh, just assume that that's not playing a role because that's a past infection. But when Dr. Nick is going through and he's using this uh, autonomic response testing, he's actually deciphering what is what is active, what is stressing out the body, but also where is it stressing this person out? Where is the Lyme hiding? Where are the co-infections hiding? Are there parasites? Where are they hiding? So we get a very clear picture as to what organ systems are the most stressed out, which can really tailor treatment. So you can really hone in on these specific areas using different types of therapies like cold laser or sound wave therapy or infrared light therapy. So you can get very, very specific with the person, which has been extremely valuable. But also, at the same time, the autonomic response testing is testing. At this point, I think we're testing for over 800 different types of supplements, herbs, homeopathic remedies. So you're not only getting diagnostic information, but on top of that, you're also getting a treatment plan that is customized to what your body needs. 
So this is what is allowing us to not have those perks or negative detox symptoms because people are getting put on supplements that their body needs in order to start the healing process. And I always find it so interesting when we're dealing with these Lyme cases, people that have had Lyme for many years, and they come in and they're so excited to know exactly what's going on. They're like, well, finally we figured out I have parasites and I know the Lyme is still there, so let's kill it. And I'm just like, well, according to the supplements you responded to, your body is not ready for that. And sometimes their body needs to do a little bit of repair and it needs a little bit of replenishment before it's even ready to start that, that detoxification killing process. So again, don't tell yourself that you embarked on a treatment and, oh, well, it, it's a given that I'm gonna feel like crap going through this process. Chances are you're just stirring the pot and pissing a lot of stuff off. And, and you're not getting it out. And you're not getting it out, exactly. So you really, really need to be strategic. And if you do you know, know of a place that is offering autonomic response testing that's close to you or you're interested in more of this customized approach, you know, we are offering that. And I know there are other practitioners out there doing this type of therapy, but it is absolutely essential when you're dealing with various infections, including Lyme. Yeah. And I, I like to make the example that, you know, there's so many different choices of even antimicrobials or antiparasitics. We as practitioners could go into our supplement shelves in the back and say, okay, Let's see, we're gonna take this, we're gonna try this one, we're gonna try that one. This allows us to say, okay, this is going to be the supplement that's best for you so we don't have to do as much trial and error. Yeah, there is no trial and error, right. which is is great because also it could get very expensive if you're, you know, buying, you know, a round of supplements and then those end up being a terrible fit and then you go and you try different supplements. So we have many people that come to us and they're like, I literally have a, you know, a thousand dollars of supplements sitting in my cabinet, and I'm like, well, bring them in and at least we can test them against your body and see if any of these things can be brought back into the picture, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, it is unfortunate when you spend the money on them and they're not a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about the parasites. I know we want to elaborate a little bit more on some of the other things that might be existing in the body that could be contributing to the Lyme. Yeah, so another big thing uh, that's very important when you're dealing with the treatment of Lyme is the, the concept of these biofilms. So the easiest way that I explain biofilms is biofilms are kind of this waste byproduct that is made by organisms. So it's not just Lyme or it's not just bacteria. It could be any type of organism. It could be fungus, it could be bacteria, it could be even parasites. So this biofilm is this sticky, mucusy type of waste byproduct that is made by the organism. And what it does is it actually kind of creates this saran wrap layer that pretty much wraps around these different organisms and it doesn't allow our treatment modalities to work. Because if you're taking an antibiotic, it can't penetrate through the biofilm wall. And even if you're taking some of the antimicrobials, grapefruit seed extract, oil of oregano are common ones, these are things that will also not penetrate through those biofilm walls. So if you are someone, again, who's embarked on treatment, you've taken all different types of agents, natural products, antibiotics, medicine, and they're not working, you have to consider that potentially you do have this biofilm problem. And Unfortunately, I think most people that we work with that have various infections, and if you've had them for a while, you have a biofilm. It's just kind of the way the body works. Mm -hmm. 
So there are very, very strategic ways of going about breaking down this layer in order to, you know, access these actual organisms and get them out of the body. One example I like to make is plaque on your teeth is a biofilm because I think everybody knows that reference that when you have plaque on your teeth, you have to use a toothbrush to scrub it off. You can't just wait there and hope that it goes away. So in a similar way, you almost need something that helps to move that through. The body naturally doesn't just get rid of it. Exactly. And sometimes even with the plaque, if it's bad enough, you have to, you know, go to the dentist and have them scrape it out Mm -hmm. because sometimes the toothbrush doesn't even cut it. Mm -hmm. So definitely it's a really great analogy um, on how it works inside the body. I know people are surprised that this could be happening inside, but but it does. Mm-hmm. And it's really because these organisms are actually quite advanced. When you're dealing with bacteria, bacteria, two different types of bacteria can literally just touch each other and they can share DNA. So they can swap genetics really, really fast. So they're con- they're constantly evolving. And this is one of the reasons why they produce this byproduct that makes these biofilms because they learn how to protect themselves against what you're using to kill them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we lay out specific um, programs for people or recommendations, they, you know, they sometimes go, okay, well, why am I doing this follow-up autonomic response testing, the ART? And I'm like, well, in about three months, you're going to probably have to change your supplement protocol because what you're taking, your organisms will learn how to protect themselves against what you're taking. So at that point, that's okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to retest your body for the supplements that are now going to work and, and keep this progress moving forward. And then we'll be able to, to make that change for you so we don't hit a plateau. Mm-hmm. And same thing even goes for antibiotics as well. Oh, definitely. And this is sometimes why the doctors are changing the antibiotics because they stop working as well as they used to. Mm -hmm. So let's talk more about antibiotics (laughs) on that note. (laughs) So this is something that I was really excited to share because um, I was actually just attending the, uh, the Lyme conference out in Seattle. And there has been you know, so many different studies that have been done over time in reference to Lyme's disease and the antibiotic therapy, which is, again, one of uh, one of the reasons why it's the most common practice. But the newer research that they're doing, because they're finding that Lyme is increasingly more complex and it's increasingly harder to get rid of. So with that being said, uh, some of the studies that they've been doing, they've been really evaluating not just the spirochete uh, form of the Borrelia, but also looking at the cyst form. Because there's actually two different phases that Lyme can move between. It can move into the cyst form, and then it can also move into the spirochete form, which is I think a lot of us hear about, because the spirochetes are usually found in different parts of the body, and those are what are wreaking havoc, especially on our joints. But what they've actually found is that through um, some major antibiotic therapies, uh, some of the most common, like one of them being doxycycline, the other one being the uh, erythromycin, so these are really common antibiotics that are being used. They're finding that through this uh, antibiotic therapy that it's actually eradicating most of the spirochetes, you know, doing pre and post testing. But what they are 
they just started to evaluate is the cyst form of the Borrelia. Because what's interesting is when the Borrelia starts to feel threatened, it usually goes into the cyst form because the cyst form is actually resistant to antibiotics. The spirochete form is the one that is actually more susceptible. So what they've realized is through um, high dose antibiotics that you're wiping out the spirochetes, but you're more than quadrupling the amount of cysts. So by taking high dose antibiotics, especially over the long term, you can actually progress your Lyme, which is kind of mind blowing. Mm -hmm. uh, so this treatment we've been using for many, many years um, is now being proven to not work. And if anything, potentially making us worse. And again, we're feeling like crap sometimes going through this process, but we're thinking we're having die off or we're thinking this is just what needs to happen in order to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel and, and start to feel better. And sometimes we don't, nev we never get there. And it's because the, this specific bacteria is so complex and on top of it, we are dealing with other co-infections that could be parasites, it could be mold, it could be yeast, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, so if, if someone's listening and maybe they've gone through antibiotic therapy or they've tried some of these things, you know, what would you recommend that they do to try to look a little bit deeper into this? Well, I think first of all is getting comprehensive testing that you know, you're looking at everything. You're looking at the potential for mold in your system or some level of exposure. You're looking to see if you truly have parasites. You're looking to see if you have other types of bacterial infections. And you're also establishing, do you truly have any of the Lyme co-infections? So once you have the clear picture of, do you have anything else going on? then you're able to really know where you're going from a treatment perspective. If you're thinking that you're just going to kind of hone in on the Lyme and assume that you have nothing else going on, that's kind of problem number one. Mm -hmm. So when people come to see us, we're, you know, we're Lyme experts, but, you know, I even feel apprehensive saying that because we don't just come in and we only understand Lyme and we're just honing in on the Lyme. We're looking at everything. We're understanding that you're a whole person and that there could potentially be other things that are going on that are contributing to your symptoms. You know, I did a, a talk a couple of weeks ago about Lyme to a big Lyme group and I actually showed them the symptoms associated with mold and the symptoms associated with Lyme. And there was a Most huge overlap, overlap huge mm -hmm. overlap. I think 90% of the symptoms overlapped. So again, this is a very, very important thing to take into consideration. And I can't tell you how many people I work with that have been battling Lyme for years and we dig a little bit deeper and they're living in a moldy environment. So these are things to take into consideration. Um, get the right testing done. And you know, if you're not necessarily close by and, and can come to Integrated Wellness Group, but seeking out this autonomic response testing, it is such a game changer in your treatment because again, all of these supplements are completely customized to you. So, um, so it's very important to not only get a clear diagnosis, but also make sure you're getting supplements that your body is gonna respond well to. Yeah, I think we're all really melting pots and we have a, a lot of different infections. And I know we, we, we were even talking before about different things that we get exposed to even in childhood that might still be hanging around, around long term. And those play a role in the immune system as well. So if we have a lot that might be co compounding the immune system, 
then that could be a reason why maybe the symptoms start to flare or things like that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think the, you know, the biggest thing is, is the immune modulation after your infections are gone. Mm -hmm. I think this is a big thing that a lot of doctors miss is, you know, we, we fought, we, we call it a win when we can look at the labs and see that the Lyme is out of the system or most of these infections have gone dormant. And honestly, the journey doesn't really end there. It's really a matter of also then getting this person's immune system back to where it needs to be so that we don't have to worry about the Lyme coming back into the picture or these viruses, <coughs> excuse me, these viruses coming back and being active again. Yeah, so if you're listening and you're resonating with any of this, we like to offer a free 15-minute strategy call. So you could go ahead over to integrativewellnessgroup.com to schedule that. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.